Hello and welcome to the Indie Incursion Podcast, the weekly indie games podcast. Uh, I am the ghost formerly known as Vaughn Hyde. I am one of your hosts, joined by my good friend Josh, and we've also got Errol on the podcast Yay. once again. How are you guys doing this week? <laughs> yeah. Yay, Errol! It's so much more enthusiastic than last week. I know. <laughs> if we keep having him in a row, maybe he'll be like insane by the end of it. He'll just be screaming at the top of his lungs. Yeah, he's just going to be freaking out. How do you know out. I'm not already <laughs> insane? <laughs> I mean, well, at least he'll sound more insane, I guess. <laughs> he kind of got me there. Yeah, I don't, I don't know him. I don't know him personally, the size of his underwear and such. Whoa. I mean, <laughs> maybe you're the insane one. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, so what have you guys been playing this week? Uh, Errol, do you want to go first? You know, that's a good question. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I've been playing I've been playing a little of uh, Indie Game of the Year, Celeste, which, um, oh. you know, I'm not great at those hardcore-type platformers, but since it has an assist mode, I'm like, okay, I do want to play it for the story because I really appreciate when games are uh, revolve around uh, mental health since I majored in psychology, so I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll try it out, and it was on sale, so I was like, okay, well, it, let's see how good it is. I'm still really having a lot of fun with it, which is good, because if I didn't have that assist mode on, I would be so mad and be like, this was a waste <laughs> of my money and my time. <laughs> I get so pissed at that game. You know, it's, it's pissing me but besides off. That, you know what's funny about this? I, I actually haven't got that mad about it throughout it. I mean, there's definitely parts in it, but... Uh, I don't think it was too bad. Oh, Josh the Pro Gamer is no. telling us we shouldn't be mad at Celeste. Then, <laughs> look, play it for the story, and then find out that the story is great, and it's a it's a wholesome, nice piece, and then do it with assist mode off. Yeah, that's what I figured I would do. Um, and then I've just been playing... Uh, you know what? I don't even know if there are other... Oh, Desert Child. We could talk yeah, about that now. Yeah, I was like, you could talk. We could talk about it now. So I actually got the platinum, I, the platinum trophy for Desert Child. Ooh, buddy. How long does it, it take? It seems to be an interesting platinum. I've like looked through the trophies. And I'm like, these are really weird. One of the trophies is just eat a fish. It it, <laughs> I mean, it takes, takes two chill. of them take a while because one is just chill for an hour. So like, you don't just have to. I've been button. wondering about that. So do you just sit in the chill screen for an entire hour, yes. or is the time lapse? Oh different? my god! See, this what is the I, fuck? I hate. Okay, I'm a big achievement fan. I love games that have achievements, but I cannot stand when they do that shit. Why the, would you say Steam otherwise, has the best achievements? Besides the max notoriety <laughs> trophy, which is probably was the hardest to get because um the so when you. Okay, maybe I should provide background about Desert Child first. <laughs> <laughs> so, Desert Child is a it's a like a racing game like a kind of like a science fiction arcade racing game heavily based off Cowboy Bebop. And you could tell especially if you saw the uh, trailer that was at the Kind of Funny Game showcase the other day. Um but, so, you have, besides the regular races, you have these missions you can do. And some of the missions are crime missions, which raise your notoriety level, which um, makes it more likely for the cops to stop you when you're in, in the overworld. 
and oh, I lost my track of thought here. <laughs> Jeez. They're more likely to stop you in the overworld. They're more likely to stop you in the overworld, um, and then you have to you have to run from them for a while. But I don't think it's possible to escape them. So once they catch you, you you have to uh, give them all your money, and then your notoriety level decreases. And it sucks. That's bullshit. Because you need money to <laughs> you need money to get to the final level of the game, the Grand Prix. Yeah, you need money to do literally everything in that game. It's kind yeah. of a pain in the ass. Yeah, you actually need so money it, to unlock unlock music. So wait, I, I don't. Just from like looking at it, is it a like a main racing game, or is it like uh like a Diddy Kong racing kind of thing, where it's like there's races, but then you go out and do like other shit like what's the 90 percent like? of it is races okay. the the rest of it is just like kind of walking around a town and uh there are like a couple mini games but nothing that's like literally everything is based off this race yeah. mechanic mm-hmm. where even the indie games uh, indie games uh, the <laughs> mini games that you get to play even the mini games you get to play are like delivering pizzas, but you're still doing the normal races. You're just on a different you're vehicle. You're just throwing pizzas. Uh, yeah, you're you're on a bike instead of like this really cool bike. motorcycle. A uh, hover bike. Yeah, a hover bike. Wow. Yeah, it's it's an interesting game, but honestly, I, I enjoy it. But I honestly, I find it really tedious. Like walking around the world gets really yeah, annoying. That's a point. At times, that's a point I made because I was like, okay, I could understand going to certain areas for particular missions, but for a regular race, why can't you just like pick up the hollow pad and just press like a race button? You know? Yeah, but in yeah, exactly. Uh, instead of doing that, you have to like walk through town to this random section of town. Which honestly, once I got to Mars, it literally took me like five to ten minutes to find that section of town yeah because it's just just random weird ass places it's like oh you want to go to the dock well the dock leads to the north shore the north shore leads to yeah you have to figure out which yeah it's so annoying at times and i i like the races and the gameplay loop like if it was just like racing maybe some other mini games and it does have like I wouldn't say time management, but it does have the uh, like the resource management yeah. because you have to use your money wisely because you have to worry about food. You need to repair your bike. Yeah, you have yeah. to worry about food and repairing your bike, food. but it it just gets really annoying. Wow, honestly. a racing survival game. <laughs> yeah. Strange. Well, I want to say survival because you don't. I mean, you have to even eat. if your meters are both at a hundred percent. Yeah, if you're, like, it's, like, the hungry meter, if it's at 100%, the only thing that it does is I think it, like, dis- it decreases the amount that you, like, get for boost, I think is what it is. Yeah. Basically, the higher your your meters are, the the less well your bike performs. That makes no sense. Which is so okay. weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're like, I'm hungry, so my bike can't boost. <laughs> oh, okay. With the Whatever. repair one, it makes sense, but... Yeah, the repair totally makes sense, but the the hungry thing doesn't at all. What? And I and I also ran into a bug where so uh, after the podcast, after we were done recording the podcast last week, I was talking to Errol about how there's a bug where if you use the shotgun or maybe just maybe it's just a shotgun, maybe it's other guns. Um, you I attach think it's them just to your bike. I haven't had problems with any of the other ones. 
Yeah, so uh, you just lose it, or it doesn't, like, you can't get ammo. For me, I literally can't get ammo, and I, I just can't use it at all. And I noticed after that, literally none of the mods on my bike work. None oh of them work God. at all. That's and, really, yeah. Yeah, it's really annoying, because I have one that tracks the finish lines, and it's a nice it's a nice one, because since I don't have a gun, I have to rely entirely on boosts, but if I know that the finish line is coming up, I like I, I know to conserve my boost to get ahead of my opponent just in case. But now that my mod has stopped working, it's just a guessing game. I'm like, okay, cool, thanks. <laughs> wow. Well, no, the so I saw an interview with one of the developers and they were saying if you're familiar with the music that plays on each environment, uh you'll know when the finish line is coming up if you can determine the time how long the song runs for <laughs> yeah that's gonna work for the common game player no 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 i know that's why there's the mod oh, yeah. but since you're, i'm just saying since his mod wasn't working it was like, yeah that's... it that's now that i know that it is i mean it's different but i still find that like really tedious that's like it's really more e annoying it's more easy <laughs> it's easier with the pizza delivery mission than the other stuff because it's just that one song and you don't get like a variety it's like the most repetitive song ever it's like i'm a pi i deliver pizzas fast I pizza. like yeah fast pizza it's a weird song i actually love the music I, in that game I, yeah the music is great you know they they have like a bunch of like lo-fi hip-hop uh i didn't expect two tracks from mega ran to be in the game but that was cool <laughs> Well, now you guys got our review on Desert Child. Uh, it's time to end this podcast. Yeah, 10 out thanks, of 10. Thanks for listening. Shotguns don't work. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what, what was I? Okay, so Desert Child, Celeste, and <laughs> well, and a little indie game called Red Dead Redemption 2. Ooh. It's my favorite indie game. Be favorite indie game of the year. It's definitely better than Celeste. Not yeah. to the Game Awards. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't have given a game of the year either. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I might. Shush, got a war. Your opinion? Nope. <laughs> All right, my time to talk. Uh, so what have I been playing? Uh, I have been playing Celeste as well. I actually just beat it, although I guess I didn't beat it. I don't know. It's very strange because you beat the game and you get this nice ending, and then they're like, here, another level. And you're like, oh, okay. So I haven't gotten that one, which is the, called... Those are the... Are those the B-sides? No. Yeah, you have to go back down the mountain, don't you? Well, no, not even that, because now I have to go to the mountain core. Like, I reached the top of the mountain. It gave me, like, this ending where they were like, oh, she's making a pie, and everyone ate the pie, and they were all happy at the end. And then it's like, oh, Spoiler. Here, here's another level. I mean, that part doesn't matter. I didn't even... I'm just kidding. I didn't even... <laughs> <laughs> like, if that's the spoiler. <laughs> um, but what I thought was cool is there's multiple pie endings depending on how many strawberries you collect. So, uh, you know, get those strawberries. Uh, anyway, um, but I, I thought it was actually really good. The story is nice. Um, I'm waiting to see if any of that changes with the other one, but from, like, a mechanical standpoint, like, I love the way the game flows. Like, it's so, so crisp. I, I don't know. Just the, the platforming, you have to be so precise. I love it because it's very challenging, but I also freaking hate the joy cons to play platformers i feel like all of the time my thumbs are in the wrong place even though they're like they're not like i, I don't know it's, it's very confusing when i'm playing and i have to play it over and over again but it's so satisfying when you do get it correct now, now i think it's 
interesting that these indie platformers are getting more uh like actual stories now you know there's this they're saving mr taco there's probably some other stuff <laughs> yeah that's a, that's there's a probably good one some other stuff no i i love i'm sure they're upcoming no well, i'm sure they're upcoming platformers that you know are trying to have a story now probably inspired by celeste or something oh yeah for sure. no i just thought that was funny there's probably some other probably stuff some others. You know, that's my favorite <laughs> i just didn't have any other examples <laughs> You know that yeah. totally like changed my my thought process on uh, on indie platformers. So, or I mean, just platformers, two D platformers in general. I was listening to I think it was a uh, kind of funny games daily like uh, earlier in the year when Celeste originally came out, and Tim Geddes was talking about how he was playing Celeste on the Switch, and he had the exact same issue where it's like the Joy Cons are kind of hard to play. Yeah. And I had never thought about it, but yeah, he's like, no, to play platformers, 2D platformers, you need a D-pad. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my god. And then I started playing platformers with the D-pad, which is not at all a realization that's like worth any merit, but... I, I started doing that. Blows my freaking mind. It changes everything. Yeah. It's awesome. It's it's just so much. That's why I got it on PS4. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> nah, man. Switch all the way. I just love the Switch because it's handheld and I could just... Uh, it, it was Honestly, it was great. Well, it also was on sale. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. That's honestly why I got it. But, um, but I've wanted it for a long time. I love platformers, but I just... I love the Switch especially and this is just going to harp on how the switch is great for that platforming aspect of like being able to just pick it up and play it whenever i want um because all the time whenever like my wife wants to watch tv and i want to st sit on the couch with her i still could just play my switch and like mindlessly play celeste while i'm doing that um but i don't know if you can mindlessly play celeste. well it's more like i'm mindlessly <laughs> well, watching whatever if, she if you is have off. focusing on celeste um, and yeah, that pro gamer comment about me being able to get through the game without assist mode, I still died, like, I think 1,500 times was the end count. <laughs> they nicely wrap it up and tell you at the end how many times, like, how long it took you, how many strawberries you got, and how many deaths you had. And I was like, ooh, that's a lot. <laughs> but um, I always loved in, uh, like, Super Meat Boy how it did the same thing, but instead it just showed all your ladder. deaths like on screen yeah the, the splatter oh man it's yeah so good i can't wait for the next one that's coming out um but i've been playing that and a game that <coughs> is coming out uh of early access tomorrow but the by the time the podcast goes out it'll already be out uh which is book of demons and book of demons is actually a lot better than i thought it was going to be so it's it's you could tell it's definitely a diablo clone and the the team that's creating it called thing trunk um they're creating this like project called return to games so the whole point is they're making like eight different games uh, and they're like when you open up book of demons it's like the first one on this shelf of like eight um and so they're going to create like all these different games that are all basically homages to past games from like the 80s, 90s, so on. Because their whole point is like, oh, they want to bring people back to playing games and make games fun or something. Uh, you can watch the their um, video about it. It's it's very interesting, and I, I'd like to see where it goes. And at first, I was like, okay, yeah, that's great. It just looks like a Diablo clone. And it kind of is, but not. So the way it works is you're basically like a 2D paper version of Diablo, but there's also just a ton of cards instead of 
spells or items. So everything that you collect in the game, you go through and you collect cards. And the way that I thought it was really interesting was they have spells, which, uh, you know, you cast a spell on a monster or cast a spell to make you better. They have items, which is like health potions or uh, scrolls and things like that. But then they also have armor, which was used in a way where it would just take a portion of your mana. And it would make it so you can't use that mana if you have the armor equipped. So you had to kind of like play around with like, oh, is this going to, you know, work better for my build? I won't have as much mana to cast if I use this armor, but then it'll make my attacks have fire and stuff like that. And as you keep going, there's there's a lot of different elements like being frozen, being stunned. But the card aspect to it was really interesting, the way they played into it. I just wish they would have done a little bit more, but there were like some little cool things like if you got uh, basically like stunned or someone like ran into you you would have your cards laid down like in a slot where you could press the number and it would play a card and it would like push the card to the side and you'd have to pick it back up so that you like put it back in the straight form so that you could actually use the card again so there were little things about it that were very interesting um, but for the most part it is a very Diablo-esque dungeon crawler game but I really like the uh, the dungeon crawler genre so it was really right up my alley and it had a lot of little quirks like that that kept me going yeah I uh, I, I saw it on terminals a while ago and I was like that looks really interesting I, I really like the art style of like the folded paper yeah. I think that looks really cool and oh, it has like the demon the... on the front that looks like a Balrog but it's all just paper yeah Oh, I have a cool thing about that. So I didn't realize I got like an email like it was like, "Hey, do you want the holiday Christmas card that features Book of Demons?" I was like, "Sure, why not?" And this was like a while back. And so a couple days ago, I got a, a card in the mail and I was like from cuz Terminals is up in Canada, so I'm like, "What the heck?" And then I open it and like it's a little pop-up thing of the like book of demons thing and it had a steam code on it and i'm like oh that's cool and it had it had like a holiday card damn why didn't i get that (laughs) (laughs) it was well it was a while ago oh i see i see i totally forgot that i though yeah yeah that is really cool yeah i don't know i had a lot of fun with it i i definitely wish they would have played into it being a little bit more of a card game to change it up but like there was a lot of things that they did that were so similar to uh diablo that it was like it was almost baffling um there were like subtle things like if you uh talk to um certain people they would they would say things that were like kind of resembling like the old diablo one game but then you talk to like the the sage which is basically deckard kane and he literally st- says you know the deckard kane like stay a while and listen but he basically just has it like listen and stay a while. It's like it's basically just changes the order of it. I was like, what? What the hell? I was so <laughs> I was so like confused by it at first. I, I thought it was the same thing, and I was like, how did they just steal this? And I was like, oh, they 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 moved the words around. <laughs> like they made significant changes to it. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> significant improvements to the dialogue. <laughs> So if, if our listeners, uh, however few or many they may be, wanted your full thoughts on this, could they possibly find that somewhere? Or? They sure could. My video review will be up on our website, uh, or you can catch it on YouTube, on our Parallax Media uh, YouTube account. Ooh, that sounds pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. It's actually a pretty good video review. I I could definitely say that. 
it was pretty good. I watched it. Thank you. Thank you. I forgot to give you comments, but I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> good enough. Got them here. Well, that nice, nice. So, uh, what I've been playing this week, I'm just playing a lot more Chasm. I, I like. I played a decent amount um, before, but I really started to fall in love with it now. I'm probably like an hour away maybe from finishing it, but I really, really enjoy it. Um, I definitely think it's I it's definitely underrated for me. I Not a lot of people talk about it, especially because it's come out in like a year full of amazing indies and just games in general, but... I'm really enjoying it. I'm uh, I'm in the temple level, which is it, it's in the latter half of the game. I basically just have to uh, beat this area, and then I believe one more area, and then I'm done. But it's really really fun. I'm enjoying it a lot. It it doesn't really take like precise platforming or anything like that, especially if you play it on the lower difficulty levels. But I'm really enjoying it. I've I've noticed a lot of stuff in it. Uh like randomly just discovering like different villagers and I uh like I'd have trouble with a puzzle and I'm like crap, I really just it, it, the coolest part about it is yeah, when having trouble with these puzzles, you can't just like look it up necessarily. Um because in all these other games you're like, "Oh, I could just look it up and it'll give me the code to this puzzle or whatever." But with this game, since it has procedurally generated levels, the answer to everybody's puzzles are actually slightly different. So it's like, oh, you find it, like, the answer to it in this area. So it's like, oh, you find it in the keep. But you gotta find it in the keep. So now you have to, like, go through the entire keep level. It it basically just kind of forces you to play the game, which I think is really cool. Because I just can't, like... I can't just kind of skip steps that's like, and find the answer. That's so funny. That's a guide writer's nightmare. <laughs> right? That's what I was thinking. I was like, man, I should like broaden my portfolio and like write a guide on something. And then I was like, oh, shit. I, I For a second thought, I was like, oh, maybe I should just write one on Chasm since I'm enjoying it so much. And I was like, no, I can't even do that. <laughs> <laughs> the game changes. Like every level try. is different. Yeah. Good luck. You'll be like, oh, yeah, the, the answer to that is in the level yeah <laughs> go ahead and find it uh, well, i'm sure other... there are articles that say that yeah there are like there are articles like on it and they're they basically say that they're just like oh yeah it's it's in that level it's in a library in that level now you just have to find the library good luck with that i'm like oh thanks that's sweet like there are a few things that like at one point in time you get like you beat a boss and normally after you beat a boss or you get far enough into an area you find an artifact like standard metroidvanias and then you can go and open up more of the map there's only one time where that kind of backfired and it's after uh you beat the king in the keep section you get an amulet and i just had absolutely no idea what to do with it i was like okay like, it, it basically just seems like an item. Like, awesome. It's like a new piece of armor kind of a thing. I don't play a mage, so I don't really need to do that. I don't I don't play a mana-based build. And then it turns out you, like, I looked it up because I couldn't figure it out. You have to wear that amulet and go through a door. It gets really weird, but it's really fun. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, maybe I'll I would definitely it recommend it to anybody who wants to play a good platformer. Kind of. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah probably should i mean you should probably pick up celeste considering it's a game of the year uh but or not game of the year it was the indie game of the year which it's debatable on whether or not it should be game of the year you know what i mean 
<laughs> but uh, now I think it's time for us to move on to the news section of the podcast. There's a lot of news this week, especially because last week we actually had the Game Awards, which had a lot of indie games released. Not necessarily released, but it had a lot of indie games Announced. news. Yeah, yeah, announced is the word I'm looking for. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, and we also had the Kind of Funny Games Showcase, uh, which was basically just like entirely indie games. It was awesome. Um, and that actually had releases, and it had announcements and gameplay trailers. It was awesome. I definitely recommend watching it if you have the chance. Uh, it's over on Kind of Funny's um, YouTube page. But our first story is actually from the Game Awards. Uh, this is over on IGN. It's written by Lucio O'Brien. It's the, Pathli- the Pathless announced at the Game Awards 2018. Giant Squid, the developers behind Absu, announced the Pathless at the Game Awards 2018. The Pathless looks to be a beautiful, stylized platform centered on platformer not platform uh, centered on a woman and a bird she rescues who helps her traverse its it's giant okay yeah i don't know it, it's basically it's a game about like a woman who rescues a bird and helps her uh, traverse a giant infested landscape it's kind of interesting i i think it looks really awesome what's, I, okay what's with the so this was the first one but what's with the indie bird games that were announced there's this or that were not announced but well this was the one that was announced but then the other two which got release dates or are still coming like so there's pathless there's a falcon age and there's vane and they all have to do with birds i i don't really remember a thing about vane yeah seriously it's, it's all about birds i don't remember anything about vane but uh the the falcon one falcon age looks really fucking cool i i think that looks awesome it's all it's vane, a vr game all about falconry uh Vane was announced back in, like, 2016. And you're a... kid that can turn into a bird, or a bird that can turn into a kid, and you solve puzzles, and the world around you changes as you solve puzzles. Oh, yeah, I remember seeing the game... uh, the... I think it was, like, a gameplay trailer of that, or just a trailer of that at, uh... I think it was the Kind of Funny Game Showcase? Yeah, it was the Showcase. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah, it is kind of weird that there's so many bird games. I didn't even think about that. Just something I noticed. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Did you guys uh, play Abzu? Are you excited for Giant Squid's new game? Sorry, I thought Errol was going to talk. Yeah, I I loved Abzu. Sorry. My my stuff is not working today. We're off sync. Uh, I'll go first. I actually didn't play Abzu. Um, I've heard a lot of good things about it but it was something that I just didn't pick up. Um, That being said, this one kind of looks a little bit different in that, and granted, I don't know much about Abzu, but it seemed like it was more of just like an exploration of like not a lot of, like more of just being immersed in that environment and not really more of a a game, but like one of those, you know, kind of like simulation games. Um, This one looks like there's a little bit more of like, I guess it's the game that is asking more of the player um, based on the fact that they were like shooting those targets um, in the actual trailer for this. So I'm kind of interested to see what style this will be. Um, from a simulation point of view, I usually don't end up going for those games. Um, not really just because I don't like them, but just because I just don't end up picking them up. Um, but with this one, it looked a little bit different. I, but I'm also, it, it kind of looks to me, honestly, 
and this might just be nitpicky, almost like in certain areas, it wasn't finished in the trailer. Like the screenshots that I'm looking at look really flushed out and detailed, but the actual gameplay of it looks really strange in comparison. Yeah, I while watching the trailer, I kind of just thought it looked weird in general. Um, I, I'll probably end up like at least trying it out, especially because Abzu was such a large hit. Um, but it just, I don't know. It doesn't seem like something I would really, really enjoy. I, I don't know why it's the art style is just kind of off putting to me. I, I, yeah, I understand what you mean by it seems kind of unfinished. Yeah, it's a little nitpicky, but there's just something about the animation style that, that like just seems a little bit off to me. I'm not really too sure. I mean, we don't know how long this game is going to take to come out. We know it's... Did they say 2019? They didn't say anything. It was just a reveal. Yeah, it, yeah um, so it might be a while. To, it might look a bit different by the time it actually comes out, well, that, I would think. Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying. Is like I can't really... I don't want to make an opinion right just yet on whether or not i'll be down to get this just because i when watching the trailer it definitely looked like the animation didn't look as crisp but when at the end of that trailer it does say 2019 so yeah at the bottom of the article it says the pathless releases tba 2019 so i guess that's that's nice to know i mean it's also like indie games and just games in general end up getting pushed back like in a later story that we have today there's a game that was announced in like 2013 that's just coming out like this week so you never know stuff gets pushed back and 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 such yeah and we also don't know if this is necessarily like a final build this is just a reveal trailer yeah well i'm sure it's not but how much it will change we don't know yeah that's very true She's also got a bow, which is cool. I like archery. Good to know. So tidbit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a bird. Did you guys did you guys hear about the bird? Uh, there's a bird that she rescues, helps her traverse uh, landscape. No? You didn't hear about that? Oh, no, oh. not at all. Thanks for telling I, me that. I'm glad I let you know. Yeah, you're welcome. That's you're why welcome. we're here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Were you just blown away by the Pathless trailer, Errol? Were you just like, man, gotta play this right now. I'm gonna go steal it. <laughs> yeah. He was so ex- Yeah, obviously he's so excited about I the am, Pathless. I could definitely try. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be like fanboys where you like really, you're just okay. terrible at, at robbing places. So you just like stumble into the Skywalker ranch. <laughs> too good i love that movie uh time for our next story this once again on uh on ign this written by colin stevens and it's a story that i'm super excited about uh dauntless announced for ps4 xbox one switch and mobile um i think the coolest oh. part about this it, yeah i think it's a little odd that it's on mobile devices yeah which is cool. i didn't actually know that i'm fi- just finding out right now <laughs> yeah yeah it's coming out on mobile, uh, it seems like the majority of this is uh, is coming out in 2019. Uh, the developer Phoenix Labs announced at the Game Awards uh, that it's going to be coming to PS4, Xbox One, uh, that will launch in April and will become available on the Epic Game Store that same month. The Switch and Mulva versions will come sometime later in 2019. The coolest thing about this, though, is the developer also... Uh, 
revealed its One Dauntless initiative, providing cross-platform play, progression, and account management across all the devices worldwide. I think that is super fucking cool. I'm, I've been excited about Dauntless since I saw it when they announced it. I think like a year or two ago, um, I had tweeted at them and I was like, this looks like Monster Hunter in the world of Bastion. And they're like, dude, that's exactly what we were going for. I was like, yeah, that's, that's so right. It's awesome. But I'm, I'm really excited about this. It's, I, I think it has like, it's charisma seems to be a lot like, like Wildstar. I really enjoyed Wildstar. It's, it really depresses me that that MMO is basically dead um but the art style and just like the the feel of the game it it reminds me a lot of wildstar which hopefully people don't think that's a bad thing and don't buy dauntless but uh yeah i'm really excited about it i think it looks awesome it's it's like the standard like monster hunter formula where you go and you hunt these large animals um or like they're kind of like mythical creatures in this game they're called behemoths and then you make gear and such out of them but i'm really excited about this uh i'm i really want to know what it's like a mobile to be honest i'm I'm wondering if it's going to be like kind of chuggy or if it's going to launch like Fortnite did where it was like fantastic on mobile I was going to bring that up, Fortnite. I was like, well, Fortnite runs on mobile, so I wonder. <laughs> yeah, and from what I understand, it's not really dumbed down at all. So that's pretty cool. And I'm, I'm super glad that it's going to have like the... I, well, I hope this is not just the developers saying something that they can't promise, but I really hope the One Dauntless, Dauntless initiative is like a real thing and it comes like at launch of these uh, at, uh, PS4 launch, Switch launch and such. Yeah, I hope a lot of games take on this kind of thought <laughs> just because it's it's so much better for the players really to have that. Well, now, do you guys know with Dauntless, do you always have to be online? um yeah i would i would assume so i don't think it's like necessary because oh i mean i guess monster hunter world you do the online action rpg dauntless i feel like that right there yeah probably but but i don't (laughs) i don't know yeah there might be an (laughs) offline mode but i i doubt it um especially with these kind of games usually they they kind of don't enjoy having an offline mode just because there's a lot of you know disconnect of having to create a offline mode first because they won't let you really or they shouldn't let you come back from an offline game to an online just because it's an obvious way to hack um but um i don't really know i i would have to say yes but i'd have to look into it um the one thing i did want to say about this is why why are there so many games and I'm sure it's the process that it takes to get it on the Switch, but like, why is the Switch always a week or like a month after other consoles? Why does this keep happening? I mean, the the Switch hadn't like I believe when it was announced, the Switch wasn't a thing yet. Like the the Switch was still um, the NX, so I imagine they were developing the Xbox One and PlayStation Four versions like in advance. And then when the Switch was announced and they got the dev kit for it. Because I don't, that's one of the things that I was thinking of, but I've seen this with so many and I've heard before that one of the reasons is because there's like 
the stringent process that it takes to get onto the Nintendo Switch, like into their eShop. So I'm hoping it's not that, because if it is the case and this is going to be like a reoccurring thing, it kind of sucks, like for anyone who's a Switch holder, because in a lot of cases, like I'm torn. I want to play the games on the Switch, but if that means I'm going to get it, you know, two months later when it's not even relevant anymore. It's just like, okay, well, I'm probably not going to get it there then. I don't know if it's necessarily an issue of relevance. Because when, uh, like, if you think of, like, Hollow Knight, it was, I think, like, an entire year uh, before it ended up with the Void Heart Edition coming to... Yeah, it was over a year. It ended up coming to PS4 and Xbox One, and it kind of, like, blew up again. Mm -hmm. It became a thing again. People really enjoy Hollow Knight. Um, So, I'm surprised at, like... um... At E3 at the Nintendo booth, Hollow Knight actually had, like, a presence there. You know, it was Smash Pokemon, and then, like, and and then, like, kind of in the back, but, like, it was, like, a, it was, like, this, not, not really in the back, it was, like, this high-rise, like, you could see it from far away, it was just this whole thing with people playing Hollow Knight, and I was like, wow, they really went all out on the Hollow Knight, huh? I mean, it's a good game. Yeah, it's pretty fantastic. I actually think when Hollow Knight launched, I can't remember, but I don't think it immediately launched on the Nintendo Switch. I think it was originally on PC and then moved to the yeah, Nintendo yeah, yeah. Switch. It was on PC was on last PC. year. And, yeah, like a long time ago it was first released. And then then it finally got to Switch this year. And then it finally got to PS4 and Xbox One this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't think necessarily that it, it'll fade from, like, relevance, especially if people really enjoy it. And I think, I mean, Monster Hunter is definitely getting the, like, reoccurring treatment. So I, I don't think, like, Dauntless is going to steal the show from it at all. But I don't know. No, people might whole... be, like, looking for something new. Well, because Monster Hunting games are now, like, a whole, a whole like, subgenre. You know, you got Monster Hunter... You got Dauntless, you got God Eater, you have, uh, there are other ones that I can't think of, <laughs> Errol, but those are kind of the big... Errol's famous some other title. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> oh, oh, because... That's all good. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. No, I know other stuff yeah, besides yeah. Monster Tamers. <laughs> no, from no, because earlier, earlier you're like, save me, Mr. Taco, and other titles. <laughs> oh, well, because, I mean, I can't think of them right now, but you get what I'm saying, that there's like a yeah, whole Yeah, there are a lot right of them. No, 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 yeah, no, no, there's no, like, like uh, Freedom yeah, yeah. Wars as well. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. I know what you're talking just about. came out in Japan, yeah. So that's why I thought about that. I'm like, I wonder if this is just going to be a whole thing, and then we're going to just get a bunch of these indie monster hunter things and then one of the indie ones is going to become really big like dauntless or maybe something else <laughs> i'd like a. I hope it's dauntless i think it looks awesome I'd like a 2d like pixel version of this yeah like an mmr yeah, that you can like play that. with people i think i think <laughs> someone, fucking awesome. whoever's listening game developer you should make that i would play that mm-hmm. they're that. like we already did it's called maple story i yeah i was gonna say maple story <laughs> no, 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 no. that's not well first off i used to be a big maple story player but second off that's not what i'm talking we about we just made a sequel to it yeah maple story <laughs> 2 yeah, yeah, yeah no i'm talking about like a like like a 2d top down kind of like zelda-esque oh like, oh that'd like be an isometric rpg yeah yeah so it would It'd basically be like an old school Zelda, but you could have a bunch of people in it, and instead of it... Like four swords, but 
It's all about boss fighting. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. That'd be cool. All right. That'd be super cool. Get on that, Eric. I'm really excited write about that Dolphins. Down <laughs> my idea book. <laughs> uh, so for our next story, we are, I mean, surprisingly staying on IGN. There are a lot of stories on IGN about this stuff. I mean, it makes sense. It is the Game <laughs> Awards and such. <laughs> it's kind of their jobs. Uh, Hades uh, announced by Supergiant Games. Um, so... If you guys don't know Supergiant, they uh, they developed Bastion, Pyre, Transistor, all really good games. And at the Game Awards, they actually announced Hades. Um, it's their next game, uh, and it is now available in early access on the Epic Game Store. Uh, the roguelike dungeon crawler was announced at the Game Awards. And as for right now is only on pc for 20 us dollars uh the official hades website says to expect regular updates with new features events characters places powers and more um it seems like it's it's unending at the moment uh supergiant said that they want to save an end point for when the game actually has like when it's finally finished but I think Hades looks awesome. I love Supergiant just in general. Bastion's one of my favorite games. Um, I actually just picked up a physical copy of Bastion by Limited Run Games. It's freaking awesome. Comes with a little booklet inside. I'm really excited about it, guys. (laughs) Another physical thing that Bond bought. How surprising. Okay, I I need to say something controversial. Oh, my goodness. I'm about to punch you through the computer. I've never played... I've never played any super giant games wow okay that's not tr- controversial i thought you were gonna say that you don't like bastion i was like dude oh no i've never played I mean, it how can i not like it <laughs> he still might you never know he could play it and hate it that's a good I, point I, hey I keep... uh, 30 bucks it can be yours physically on the playstation or vita uh... or for much deeper you could have it digitally and be able to play it right yeah. now share your mouth share your mouth <laughs> <laughs> but no uh looking at this i first off i'm a super giant fan as well i love bastion i love transistor um i don't think i'm gonna go for the early access i'm just gonna wait until they actually flush it out more just because i don't really want to just play it and then have to go back to it even though i'm sure it's a yeah. great game i just i i'm getting to the point where i'm getting a little tired of early access games just because i've played so many of them and it's always the same thing of, you know, you'll find games, which I'm sure Hades is, where it's very flushed out. But then by the time it's out of early access, it's like a totally different game. Like when I played Dead Cells, the like playing it for the first time, I played it when it was right out of the gates, early access. So different from what it is now. Like just totally different, like from a, not really the mechanics of it, but the actual like the the items that you get the different like play styles to it so it's it's just very strange that i'd rather wait for it but that being said uh it does look really good yeah i agree with that i just want it to be on switch yeah right um i did (laughs) want to ask your guys's opinion on something that i've kind of like had an issue with uh basically ever since early access became a thing how do you guys feel about DLC for early access games? Like paying, like this game is not even out yet, but I have to pay for additional content in a game that is not finished. How do you guys feel about that? I feel like, man, I'm having deja vu. Did we talk about this one time off stream? 
I feel we might have. I feel like I, I've had an issue with this ever since Ark Survival Evolved came out. It really pissed me off. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand that concept. If you're in early access, it's not DLC. You're putting more content into the game so that it's finished. Like that's the whole point. Is like, I, I don't know. It's not early. I, I don't know. It, it just from like. The conceptual side of things, it's early access because you're trying to make your game better and you're trying to build it up before you release it. If you're releasing something but not really releasing it and saying you have to now pay additional money for it to get different content, then it's not an early access because you're basically just releasing a second portion of that game. Yeah, I really hate it. I hate <laughs> DLC and early access games. It pissed me off so much. I've had people be like, oh, no, well, like, they they need to charge more and such. And I'm like, I mean, they really don't. I like, mean, I, I don't understand. I mean, I, well, I'll I'll agree that, like, in some cases that, you know, the studio might need more money because, you know, they're they're running low. But if that's the case, they're just they're doing marketing wrong. They should have released their game to the public, made a big deal about it and then been like, all right, now let's put this DLC out. Or they should go about it other ways rather than forcing them to just pay for that DLC but do some kind of crowdfunding thing or, I don't know, something different. I just It just it seems really scummy to ask for more money even though your game's not out yet. I don't understand with early access, why don't they just do, like, demos? I don't understand, like, is it just because demos, since demos would be free and they don't make money, then, or, I don't know. I, mean, I definitely understand early access because from what I've heard, uh, demos, like cutting out a slice of your game is more annoying than you'd expect it to be. Like uh, just taking one piece of a game and putting it aside uh, is is kind of hard for developers, especially indie devs. Um, sometimes like these guys are like killing themselves for the game. Sometimes they don't even have like time to answer interview questions and such. So I, I definitely <laughs> understand... True from like time constraints uh and also um i think the best thing about early access is it's like it's basically being part of like the beta test like you're yeah. showing them how to make the game better um so like oh this thing's broken they can fix it because they are developing it versus um them releasing it to the public and then having like a massive day one patch because somebody found out that you can duplicate lock picks and it makes it to where your game is unplayable kind of a thing like um <laughs> don't get me wrong i'm not going against early access at all with my comments there i think early access can be done really well and there are examples of it out there um i think slay the spire is a great one is they set out to create a number of characters in this card game they're doing it right now and they're getting to the point where it is done and every week they're pushing out content they're changing the game based on the community they're listening to the feedback and building upon that they're getting uh community artwork and building that into the game they're creating something that is early access for those players who want to build up a community and watch the game mold into something until it's finally released then you have other games like seven days to die which has been in early access for ever and rarely anything happens with it so it gets a physical release for some reason yeah, yeah, that. Like, how? How can you physically 
early release something? <laughs> like, what what happens for those people? Well, well remember, Fortnite was an early. Or, is it's, Fortnite it's still, still an early? It's still early Fortnite, access. Fortnite, yeah, it's still in early access. <laughs> Which I don't understand I mean, how you can get away with I that. Think, You're not. I think technically, uh, not Fortnite as a whole is in early access. It's just the battle royale is in early access, but that's like ninety percent of that game. Whenever people bring up Fortnite and they want to talk about the battle royale, <laughs> no one's playing the like, single player it being, game. Yeah, they're like, "Oh, it's such an amazing game," and I'm just like, "Uh, they're oh when like it comes up for game of the year discussions, I pretty much like immediately discredit it because I'm like, you only like half that game, you." literally haven't even touched nine like a decent portion of this game because you just like the battle royale i don't know it's yeah the early access can be done really well i just really hate like microtransactions in it i think fortnite does it well because they just make it cosmetic but for like arc survival evolved they did like entire dlcs like big expansions while still in early access Mm-hmm. and that really bothered me but i mean also uh seven days to die i mean it was published by like telltale's arm of publishing so i mean they weren't really doing that well altogether. so maybe they were just like whatever dude we'll just fucking publish some random shit well whatever speaking <laughs> of awesome free dlc though yeah great segue that i was not going to come up with uh our next story over on ign this written by adam bankhurst uh the messenger's newest dlc picnic panic arrives for free in 2019 announced during the kind of funny game showcase the messenger's picnic panic dlc will bring some tropical flair to the indie title by sabotage studio uh, in 2019, the Picnic Panic DLC will be available for free on PC and Switch and features three new levels, including one that has you riding a skull raft on the ocean, boss fights, and much more. Um, yeah, and then the rest of this article is just basically talking about the messenger. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you guys are like big fans of the messenger. Are you guys excited about this? I am so hyped, dude. I love the Messenger. I can't wait to get back in and play more content of the Messenger. So good. Please, no more chase levels. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Errol. Just get good. All right? It'll be okay. Yeah, just be like professional gamer Josh over here. Not at all. Not at all. Buckle down and play the game. You gotta just never get hit ever. Just never get hit ever. That's the, the true true way to game uh no i i don't think they will i mean from a lot of the the actual gameplay it didn't look like there was anything like that the river raft just kind of reminds me of like the dragon riding part of the the game or not the was the track yeah the dragon riding um but honestly that's that's not really like my favorite part i like that they like broke the monotony of the platforming metrovania style with those which i think is a good idea but like really i just i enjoy the the mechanics of going back into time and jumping through the portals and like having to to solve the puzzle of which way you need to go and actually jumping around and plus i just i love the the actual fighting mechanic of once you get like really good with the way you're supposed to fight in it of being able to just uh quickly attacking jumping attacking jumping over and the over cloud again. jump the, yeah cloud jump i love doing that like that was my favorite part was when i started yeah. playing and fighting bosses and realizing i could basically speed run them <laughs> and i was like i was like oh i don't have to touch the ground like at all is there a 
they don't have a boss rush mode yet, right? I don't I don't think so actually, but that would be a really I would love yeah, that. Yeah, that would be really cool. No, I don't I don't remember any way to, to do that something like that, but man, I'm surprised they didn't put anything like that in because I mean maybe maybe that'll be in this patch, I don't know. But um but yeah, because that was that would be such a good way to to go about it. I think the bosses were the best part about this game. Yeah, yeah for sure. But this DLC is definitely going to get me into the messenger. I have to Dude, play it. Dude, you got to play it. Looks it looks so good. You got to. It's it's such a good game. Like I definitely it's think It's one of my favorite indies of the year for sure. Yeah, I think after just beating Celeste, I still say it's my game of the year from an indie perspective. I if I'm being honest though, I really hate tropical stuff. I I hate the tropical aesthetic. It really bothers me. I What is wrong with you? I'm well, hey, sorry here's the thing. again to have this weird it's free nitpicky and shit. And you don't have to play it. Yeah, so just don't No, I'm not saying anything like I I'm not saying that I don't like like the the messenger and I'm not saying that I don't like its tropical stuff. I'm just saying in the past tropical stuff has looked real dumb. <laughs> It's just been real stupid. And then they always have, like, Beach Boys-esque music playing. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. It's It really bothers me. You heard it here, folks. Vaughn hates the Beach Boys. <laughs> I love the Beach Boys. I'm just saying, <laughs> have you... it really bothers me. Speaking of that, have you guys seen, this is a little off topic, The the it's like the Beach Boys, but they're tone deaf? <laughs> <laughs> it's a video on YouTube and it's hilarious. All right, I'm gonna have to watch no, it. <laughs> I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, the the Messenger's new DLC looks really good. I'm I'm very excited about it. I it kind of blew me away to see it at the kind of funny game showcase. I I they had like teased like more than sixty games and like really big announcements as well. And I just I I don't know. I was kind of like. I wanted to go into it with realistic expectations, and the the showcase kind of like blew me out of the water. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, dude, they did a good job. Uh, hats off to them for real on that. Um, it it definitely had so much. I, God, watching it though, every time I'm so like, I I hate Twitch chat. <laughs> like I I have this <laughs> love and hate relationship with them. Sometimes watching things and like seeing the Twitch chat, it like so funny. There's some really freaking creative and funny people that are so quick and come in with the like the chat that's so good. And then you have these fucking people who are just like, "Boo, too many indies, too many. Oh, where's all the big titles?" And it's like, "What what are you expecting?" Like kind of funny yeah they're they're big in the industry but like first off that's not what they're doing with this this was supposed to highlight indies and second of all like they're not trying to just grab all of the different you know big triple a titles like i I don't know it's it wasn't the right time or place and it's just it was so annoying to have throughout the the entire show just the yakuza thing and that's why i turned the chat off yeah like Every five seconds, someone like, why isn't this the right thing that I want right now, right now? And it's like, we already know it's coming. Would you just freaking wait until the end? Yeah, I just watch him full screen. I I don't even fuck with the Twitch chat. I don't care. (laughs) I just wanted to watch it live. So I was like, I got to watch this. And I did the same thing with the Game Awards. I... I did find a hilarious, like, while watching the Game Awards, there was the guy from, like, I think it was, like, NBA, and everyone kept saying he was a long boy. And I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's so messed up. 
<laughs> he was like six million feet tall. That guy was huge. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. But both of those shows were really good. The Game Awards was awesome, and so it was kind of funny showcase. I definitely hope kind of funny keeps doing things like that. Yeah. They're teasing uh, a big announcement coming up on the 4th of January. And I'm teasing a possible... I should be getting some interview news, kind of funny related, oh, soon. Oh, baby. Oh, snap, Errol. That's for for Parallax. Name. But I haven't gotten an email back yet, so I'm just waiting on that. Keep that refreshing. Dude, everyone's freaking terrible at <laughs> interview questions. <laughs> yeah. It takes time, man. Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking every, every of every uh, big person we ask is too busy and then forgets. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of big news and the conferences and such that's happened this weekend, uh it's actually time for our next news story. This one's less of a news story and more of a trailer and I'm so excited about this. At the Game Awards, uh, they showed the first ever trailer of Psychonauts 2. I'm so excited to hop back into this world. I love the first (laughs) Psychonauts. It's one of my favorite games ever. And I just, I'm so excited, guys. I I still need to finish it. I've finished it a few times. You you can play it on PS4. You don't even have to get it. Yeah, no, it's on my PS4. Did you not finish it? willingly or did you not finish it because no i just haven't i got to the milkman part and then i got stuck what that's the best level his milk is delicious (laughs) my favorite level is the uh it Uh, is the like kaiju level when you go into the cuttlefish's brain oh yeah and you're like a gigantic Uh. (laughs) kaiju and all the like little like cuttlefish people it's such a such a good game i loved psychonauts the first one that is definitely one of my like top 10 games uh it's so good i i need to finish it for sure you do i thought you were gonna say yeah i would i would definitely (laughs) especially before psychonauts 2 comes out um but yeah i would i would say like when you when you were saying like oh I, i didn't get to finish it yet i thought it was because of um psychonauts has this difficulty ramp where for some reason the last thing that you do like the last part of the game the the main like boss thing is like this scenario where you have to run this one person through like an area like you have to guide them through and the difficulty level just ramps to fucking 100 out of nowhere like it was so (laughs) weird so i thought you were gonna say like that was the part you got stuck on and just like gave up because i would not like that's one of those things where i would not blame you at all like i hated that part it took me forever and then every time i went back to replay it and i would do that part i'd be like well i know how it ends i'm done it seems like in this at least from what we saw in the gameplay trailer you're gonna get to see a lot more about rasputin's like family so I'm I'm really excited about that because all you got in the first game really was like your dad was like constantly looming over you and he looked down on like psychics uh, and like it was kind of like a big fear of Raz's and then now you're seeing that not only is he a psychonaut but he also like I'm assuming confronts his parents and you get to see a lot more about his family. I'm so stoked. I love that game so um, much. A funny story. So I met Tim Schafer one time. And I was like, 
hey, I, and I took a picture with him. I was like, I love Psychonauts. I haven't been able to finish it yet, but it's great. He's like, he's like, yeah, I might want to finish it before two comes out. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Damn, man. Um, I, I'm so glad they they brought back the old crazy guy. <laughs> he's one of my favorite characters in this. Um, I use the bacon to pull him out, like to summon him, and he just pops out your ear. He's like. Hmm, is that hickory bacon? <laughs> I like that Raz is voiced by Invader Zim. Yeah. Yeah, he's always been. Yeah, I, I think that's really cool. The, the, I'm assuming they brought up back the original voice actors for a lot of the characters. Oh, that's good. I, I mean, I'm assuming so. From the trailer, it sounds I, like it. Um, I like a lot of stuff about voice acting. And, well, th- there's stuff I want to talk about for our next story about that. But, um... I just think uh, Western voice acting sometimes gets a bad rap because of some mid-2000s English dubs that weren't so great. Four kids English dubs, you mean? What? <laughs> I said four kids English dubs. Oh, not necessarily. Four <laughs> kids weren't the only one who did, like, who weren't that, like, because if you listen to, like, early dubs before that, where people didn't know how to... You know, that you had to kind of do it a little, voice act a little differently to match mouth movements and not sound weird. Yeah, if you go earlier than that, there's some pretty bad stuff. <laughs> pretty bad quality stuff. There's a lot of bad voice acting in the world. But I would uh, say speaking... Four Kids is bad voice acting. It it's just depends. <laughs> a lot of hey, the those, time. I want to I say the voice actors themselves are bad, but. Yeah, I, I feel like it was like the. I mean, this is a totally off topic, but I, I feel like it was just kind of like the constraints of what these animes could do, like in in the West versus in uh, yeah in like Japan. Because like I remember Yu Gi Oh, like at one point in time, if I remember correctly, like in Japan there was like the character has a gun, and mm-hmm. in the U.S. he's holding point. like a card, no, and he just throws it or something. No, are you talking about for Yu Gi Oh? Yeah. Yeah, or no, like they were he just, does like a finger gun. Yeah, right? they're just they just have finger guns In, up. <laughs> invisible guns. They just yeah. erase the guns. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. His fucking finger guns. It's so stupid. <laughs> our American children have to be sheltered from this. Uh so it's time to move on to our next story. This over on Twinfinite. It's apparently Y2K. That's what I'm being told. It looks like Yik. But Y2K, a postmodern RPG, finally has a release date coming to Switch in January 2019. I believe this was actually announced at the Kind of Funny Games Showcase as well. Um, This is being developed by... Okay. Uh, Are you sure it's Y2K? Because the studio is Ack. And Yik just goes so well with that. I'm just saying. (laughs) It just makes sense. But I think it's pretty awesome to get a, a release date from this. I didn't know anything about this game um so i'm kind of just gonna let you like talk a little bit about it because (laughs) yeah i mean the the biggest news for this is uh they announced that it would be coming to ps4 pc and switch on january 17th 2019 um and there's a pretty decent trailer for it but other than that i don't know anything about this game so i'm gonna let you get into what you want so it's uh set in 1999 obviously um, <laughs> um 
I didn't a, know that was obvious. It's an RPG. <laughs> it, it's a turn-based RPG with uh, mini-game-based combat. So kind of like if you've played Paper Mario, yes. it's kind of similar to that. Um, so I saw it at PSX last year, and at first I was like, I saw the art style, and I was like, eh, I don't know about that. And then I then I came back to that booth later. And I was watching a, a friend play it, and I was like, oh my god, this looks really good, actually. It does look pretty wonky, though. Like, at first glance, you're like, why is it so strange looking? Yeah, it's off-putting, but it's supposed to be like that, because it's supposed to be all surreal and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, uh, um, it, it definitely looks like it, it's going to be something that you, it, you get attached to it, like, after a while. Yeah, I, uh, I'm really excited for the voice cast, because it has... Um, Chris Neosi, also known as um, Kerbifer, who's in he's in a lot of stuff these days. He started out as like an animator on like Newgrounds, I think. Um, and uh, Clifford Chapin, who I believe voices Bakugo in My Hero Academia in in the dub. Oh snap! <laughs> I love me some Explody Boy. He's pretty. So cool. that's so that's pretty cool. Um, and it just looks like a really fun game, and you know we don't get a. You know, since we're not getting any good Paper Mario games anytime soon. Uh, we don't get a lot of fun dude, games these days. Don't even, <laughs> don't even talk to me about the lack of Paper Mario games. I'm so sad that they just destroyed the entire series. You didn't it's like, like uh, Color whatever? Color Paper Splash? Yeah. Color Stain? Fucking Shit Stain. Paper Mario. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Let me tell you. <sighs> I mean, that's why they're remaking the Mario and Luigi games, right? Uh, no, you know stop! What? Stop with those stupid games. I want Paper Mario, not the damn Mario and Luigi. I've never played Paper Mario. What? Oh, <laughs> oh good, dude. I'm. Have you guys played Super Mario RPG? Yes, it's the no. best. It's the best. I think best. Mario's it's so good. It is, so. That is another one of my top ten games. I have played like I normally do not go back and replay games. It's like one of my pet peeves. Is I, I generally just don't care to do it. I've like replayed that game so many times. It's so good, so good. Uh, I hope it comes to Switch at some point. <laughs> it, yeah, it better. I want, I want that um, and a Paper Mario collection of only the first two. None you know of the what's other weird? Games. I like, and this might be weird, but I'm not sure because some people are like, "No, you're right about that." I like Paper Mario 64 better than Thousand Year Door. Oh, John. Josh is about to get you. I mean, no, no, no. It's not. I'm not. I'm not that torn on it. I, I think two was better for like the flushed out pieces that they they did, like more incorporating the background and like the audience yeah. and things. Like I, I think that I don't know. How do I explain this? I think that one was more of a like a shock and was better to like come out as like oh man this is such an interesting game like such a new turn whereas two yeah. was just flushing out a lot of the ideas so I can understand why yeah one would be I think... better for you but you're also wrong so it's okay the problem is thousand year door like it felt so long to me it didn't hold my interest mm. for some reason yeah I can I, I can see that. There's there's certain levels in Thousand Year Door that I didn't care for as much. Um, I think one overall was probably a better like story to it. Um, but but granted, it flushed out so many like quality of life things that I, I thought 
really made the, the yeah i still think it's great i just like the first one better yeah no no no. i get you i get you but and i like i probably like super mario rpg the best out of all of those uh yeah it's because... definitely it's definitely the best um but anyway about actual y2k <laughs> Um, Y2K. Yeah, yeah, about the actual game we were talking about before. Um, this looks so cool. I I saw it a few months back because you said something. Um, I forget what happened, but it was when we were like, oh, they might like release it or something like a few months back because oh the, the Twitter yeah the Twitter account of being like talking about like I wonder when like like they're like I don't know when we're gonna announce our release date yet, but I'll give you this many days and blah 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 like yeah and then they were just counting down and then they ended up at the showcase yeah it was very cryptic and then just came here so <laughs> I don't know but it, it definitely looks yeah. really cool I'm a little sad that it comes out so close to Kingdom Hearts three because I know yeah. that that's gonna grab my attention instead quickly after but I do still think that I'll pick it up and try it out for a bit just to see what it's like because. It's got such a strange art style. It's got such a, a like combat style that appeals to me anyway that I can't see myself not liking this game, but uh, it just feels like a bad time. But I feel like that's with like almost every game now. I feel like there is no good time to come out with a game. Yeah. And I like... Uh, I really like just how it's set in the late 90s. Yeah, I, I like the, the concept of it. I wonder how much they're going to really play into that. So, I don't know. I, I'm just very intrigued with it. If I'm being completely honest, when you said it's obviously in the late 90s, totally didn't get it. And then I was like, oh, it's Y2K. It's Y2K. I'm such a dumbass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Remember when we all died because all the computers went haywire? Dude, so many planes yeah, crashed dude. from the sky. It was crazy. This podcast is definitely not being recorded over the internet. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Not at all. Nope. Uh, so for our next story, we are over on Twinfinite. Uh, this is Donut County. The game about putting things in a hole is coming Hell to yeah. Switch and Xbox One. <laughs> uh, so um, Ben Esposito, I'm going to say, uh, the mastermind behind the indie darling Donut County, uh, has announced that the puzzle game will be coming to Nintendo Switch and Xbox One later this month. Um I have not played Donut County, but I think it's a really interesting concept that you're like a hole that swallows up stuff. And uh, you basically like it's a puzzle game like you you swallow certain things and then you move over to other things to eventually just swallow everything, I guess. I mean, am I getting that right or is that an oversimplification? I guess so. Yeah, that's, that's pretty, apparently that's pretty an pretty oversimplification. Much, that's pretty much what it is. <laughs> this is the reason I haven't played it yet. It's it's like because um... it's about putting things in holes. No, because it it wasn't. I was like, oh, I should wait until it comes to switch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely. There you go. Later this month. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> think that I might. Well, it's kind of stupid that I said definitely might. Um, but it looks interesting. I think the price tag is what's going to determine if I want to get this or not. I like it because well, it reminds me kind of of Katamari Damacy, but if I'm really 
Like, oh, yeah. if I really have that itch, I'll just get the Katamari Damacy remastered thing. Reroll? Yeah, rerolled. <laughs> which I was watching today. God, I might get it. It, it looks so good. But I, <laughs> but, but I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is, like, worth my time just because I do like these type of puzzle games. And it is such a strange concept of, like, you're a hole and you just keep getting bigger. I mean, we'll see. Hmm. Uh, you'll see on December 18th because that's when uh, Donut County comes to the Nintendo Switch and Xbox One. Yeah, I can't wait. It's probably going to be like 20 bucks, I'm assuming. <sighs> 20 that's, bucks is a lot. That's like the standard price. price for indie games. Yeah. For Donut County? I don't know because wasn't it? Uh, it was mobile, right? Isn't it like cheap? On mobile? It was like 10 bucks, isn't it? Was it really? I remember it being like 10 to 15 bucks, yeah. I don't what know. I didn't buy it. Mr. <laughs> Google. Donut County. We can look this up. We have technology. It is twelve ninety nine on Steam. Yeah, it was on sale for $10 when it first came uh, out. Okay. That means when it comes That's to Switch. That's so much closer to me than you. When it comes to Switch, they'll probably do like one of those like 10% off because it just came bonus. out. Yeah, like those kind of things. So it'll probably be like the $10. I think $10 sounds about right. Nice, nice. I'm excited to play Donut County, um, but I'm more excited to get through a bunch more news stories real quickly. Uh, So what we're doing now is we're going to basically at the beginning of the week gather all the news stories. We basically kind of siphon them into the ones that we think we can have a real conversation about, but we still want to make sure that you, our audience, get to hear about all the other big news stories that came out about indie games during the week, and there's a lot of them. There's called, so many. We call it News Cram. News Cram! Yeah, I was really trying to avoid saying the name. News Cram! <laughs> we, should go, we should just go, we say News Cram and Cram! 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 cram. <laughs> so, for our stories for News Cram, uh, we've got quite a few. Uh, some of them I'm really excited about. That's why it's uh, a cram. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, that's exactly why. Uh, So we got Stardew Valley multiplayer update coming to Switch later this week. Um, Ancestor, the Humankind Odyssey gameplay revealed. That was actually at the Game Awards. Uh, Celeste and Windjammers are getting a physical release. Um, I'm so excited about that. Celeste, January 1st. Can't believe you guys didn't want to talk about that. Not going to get Windjammers? I don't give a shit about Windjammers. (laughs) 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 <laughs> that can fuck off i'm just gonna buy celeste for the second time dude this is what PS4. i was this is what i was talking about when we before we started the the actual recording this is one of the games and the because of the cover art that i would potentially consider actually oh, buying shit. a physical copy of i saw it oh my God. and my first initial reaction was like damn i really want that and then i smacked myself and was like why am i talking this crazy nonsense I'm not gonna I totally this. understand. The cover art looks but amazing. But the cover the, art does look so good. The one thing that's kind of depressing, I mean, it's not depressing because I really love their games, especially because Limited Run puts out like amazing cover art for stuff, and you actually get to see what number yours was in the Limited Run of them. So they'll be like, oh, there's 200 that we're going to sell mine was number 17 so that's really cool uh the only thing that i don't like about it being released through limited run as opposed to like sodesco nicholas merge stuff like that is that it is self-explanatory it's a limited run so once the copies are sold they're done or they might re-release them later on which they've done um 
but for the most part, yeah, you're you're pretty much out of luck. But so I'm I'm really hoping I get to pick up a copy of Celeste because I think that cover it looks awesome. I don't see it anywhere in this article. Did they say something about how many uh, they actually run of it, or is it like a standard? I don't know much about limited run to be honest, other than they make physical things. I think it varies depending on the game. Um, like the last one I looked at was like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the last one I looked at the specific quantities for it was two years ago, and it was uh, Flint Hook, and I think they had like five hundred copies. Uh, yeah, I almost got that one actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm really hope I asked for it for Christmas. If I'm being honest, I was like, I really want the physical copy of Flint Hook. It's so awesome. <laughs> I feel like uh, I feel like because the only reason why I'm saying is it if it's only five hundred man this is gonna go quick like for celeste like i can't imagine yeah, this not being sold out and it's gone yeah like i can't imagine <laughs> this not being gone the minute they put it up i imagine it just uh it depends on the popularity of the title initially because normally the way limited run does it is it's later than the physical uh, like the, in the initial like digital release right right um, so yeah like with flint hook i imagine like the the 500 copies was just like that's probably a low amount because there wasn't a huge like uproar about flint hook it's a really good game but it just unfortunately there wasn't i yeah so good never played it i always see it and i'm like i should try that but then i just never get it i got it i bought it twice yeah the pixel art in it is so amazing and the the intro and the music is just it's spot on i really love it um, but for more indie games news that we're going to put in this cram, cram, that cram, cram down cram. your throats. Yeah. So many crams. Uh, we've got, uh, shirtless arachnid man DLC coming to guacamelee Two. You guys can actually get that right now. Uh, quarantine circular is out now on the Nintendo switch. Ashen is available now along with uh, journey coming to PC. Uh, I think later on this month, Ashen is available through PC and Xbox one. Um, Atlas, Ark Survival Evolved Dead's announced new game announces new game. Um, Atlas is an MMO like a pirate MMO similar to Ark Survival Evolved. It seems really interesting. I I'm excited about it. I, um, I still, no Man's Sky Dev. I still what? I'm still a little concerned about that because like why is Xbox doing this to themselves? They have a pirate like open world game. Why are they trying yeah. to compete? with themselves it makes no sense because sea of thieves just came and went i i mean i guess we'll just try it again (laughs) sea of thieves 2.0 here we go baby i mean you can't necessarily say that they should like exclude it from their platform just because their first party title is it's like direct competitor i imagine they'll still allow like skull and bones to come to their console as well i was gonna mention um but it just feels strangely timed yeah, I feel like they're sure. kind of two like different games entirely because Atlas seems to be much more about like mysticism, like it's about like magic, and then there's Sea of Thieves, which I feel is a little bit more grounded but also kind of whimsical. So I, I don't think that they'll necessarily be like really competitive. What I like about it is that it's fantasy and pirate stuff, and I so when I was a this is story time. But when I was a wee, a wee lad, <laughs> I went to this like Chuck E. Cheese like place called Pirates Cove, and it was like, and it was kind of themed after the Goonies, and and it also had like just kind of this, 
this fantasy pirate feel, like Pirates of the Caribbean kind of thing. And I always wanted, like, a game that, that was about pirates, but had more, like, of the, like, sea mythology, like krakens and sea monsters and skeletons and, and you know, of course, this leans way heavy into the fantasy, but... Yeah, there's, like, dragons and shit. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like whoa, but okay, I, I dig it. Yeah, I think it looks I'd really cool. I'd at least cool. try it. I'm I'm very excited. I'll wait for it to come to PS4 like Ark did though as well. I'm I'm not like chomping at the bit to play it enough to where I'll actually play it on Xbox One or PC. But uh for more news stories, we've got No Man's Sky Dev announces new game, The Last Campfire. Uh, this is actually like uh, it's a short, so it's only made by like I think a small team within No Man's Sky's small team. That's it's a really odd concept. Uh, the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe coming to consoles, PC, and PC in 2019. I'm super excited about that because I've never played the Stanley Parable. Uh, Device Six Dev announces Nintendo Switch game. Uh, Sayonara. Yeah, I I knew it in my head, but I just yeah, it's an issue. Not in your Sayonara. Knew it in your head. I probably would have said it. Not in your wild heart. Shut up, Josh. Leave me alone. Uh, Sayonara, Wild Hearts. Uh, Journey to the Savage Planet was announced at the Game Awards. I think. I mean, Journey to the Savage Planet was just like a quick trailer. But it seems interesting. Yeah, I didn't even remember that. <laughs> That's how much I didn't care about yeah, that one. It was very quick and like weird and whimsical. I I, I hope it's good. Uh Below finally gets a release date. Um I it actually came out or is coming out this week. By the time this comes out or this posts, I think it'll be out so you guys can play it. But that was actually announced uh, I believe back in twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. Which is that's what I mean, like talking about a game that like games get pushed or just nobody talks about them apparently for like (laughs) five years yeah so yeah (laughs) they just disappear for five years then come back yeah i love that this news came up this week and everybody was like where the fuck did that game even go (laughs) it went below yeah yeah apparently finally came back up uh survival adventure among trees comes to early access next year and the last uh bit of news in our cram uh is super meat boy forever arrives in april but it won't be on steam i'm assuming that means it's going to be on epic's game store like every other game announced like this weekend which is kind of crazy last week we talked about indie developers possibly like uh abandoning steam for the most part because of their like increased uh their their new like revenue shares and this week i mean in just a week i think we definitely have seen the ramifications of this like a lot of games are coming to epic's game store instead of going to steam and that's kind of crazy yeah what's kind of upsetting though is as like like i get it i should obviously be more you know up for the developer getting more money but it is kind of shitty for the consumer to have to have so many different like launchers especially if you're jumping to so many different ones like it caters obviously to the developer but as the consumer the people who are playing the games like it really sucks having so many different like bloatware programs on your computer for the different games that you have to bounce (laughs) around to um it's obviously kind of like i said like i said before it reminds me of streaming services (laughs) 
Yeah, 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 exactly. So it's, I mean, it's it's good because obviously, you know, there should be competition in the market, but I hope there is some way that it, you know, kind of balances itself out, which I think I want to say Discord is, or Discord is trying to do because there was something about Discord will still play any of your games if you open it from Discord. So I don't know how exactly that'll work with like these other ones. I think there were more pushing towards steam but i guess we'll have to see as time goes on uh if that's a thing because i would just play all my games from discord if i had the launchers anyway um, but regardless you know it's, it's a good thing and i'm super hyped for super meat boy so i'll buy that game wherever it goes yeah so will i and then i'll get to watch the crazy ways i died like a million times it'll be exciting I'm I'm very excited for it. Uh, Now it's time for us to move on to God Bless the Crowd. This is where Josh, specifically because I don't know how crowdfunding sites works, uh, he goes into different crowdfunding sites, picks out several indie games on these crowdfunding sites, and we talk about them. I generally uh, talk about my hatred for them (laughs) trying to make me pay to make their game um, and how crazy it is that they're asking for a shitload of money. But yeah, I mean, at least uh, these ones, or at least one of them, I can get a physical copy for $100. So that's exciting. Actually, it's even, I I mean, I think it's more than $100. Uh, The two that we have today are uh, Kurodila Heritage, (laughs) uh, maybe, a pixel-painted adventure RPG, and Pocket Penguin, because that one is easy to say, a gameplay-style adventure. Yeah. I I personally think the the Karudia. I think it's uh, I think it's Karuldia. Let's go with Karuldia. Karuldia. That makes more sense. I I think their trailer is butthole. Um, I'm not, I I don't think it's very good. At times the sound, like the music is so fucking loud. It bothers me so much. Dude, that's the um, thing about Kickstarter, though. Kickstarter, their player is always god-awfully loud. I do not know why. Every time I go to watch a Kickstarter video, I always have to notch it down to, like, 1%. Yeah, I'll probably just, have to do they that. They need you to make sure you hear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you gotta you gotta hear all the deals that you're getting by buying their game. Well, actually, the Karuldia is already funded. It's basically yeah. just pushing into the stretch goals, which if it gets uh, like 5K more, it's actually going to get its uh, Switch. And I'm I'm assuming uh, it's also included the PlayStation 4 releases. They talk about how if they get their stretch goals that they're going to get it to Nintendo Switch and Sony PS4 consoles. But on their stretch goals, they just have like oh, the game's funded at 10K, Character Evolutions, Richer Overworld, the Nintendo Switch, uh, Fast Track, and then they don't actually talk about the PlayStation 4 version at all. So I'm assuming that if they get funded for 25K, that that's when they're also going to include a PlayStation 4 version. Um, But how about we try to just push this to getting 80K so I can get a physical copy release? Um, either that or I'll have to pay like a hundred dollars and I can get a physical or a digital copy of the game. So with five days to go, I don't know if you're uh, reasonably going to get that, but, uh, good luck. 
I don't know. I'm hoping our massive audience will pay so I can get a physical copy of this game. <laughs> yeah, good luck on that. Um, I'm, I'm glad it did get funded, though, because the art style to it looks really, really cool, though. I do like... Yeah, I like it. Like, Even though the trailer might not be something you like, I definitely like the... I don't even know really how to describe it. It's like a painting in the background of, like, I don't even know. I'm too dumb to, to explain it. <laughs> they call it a pixel painted adventure RPG. I'll stick with that. It just it looks very aesthetically pleasing because it kind of reminds me of just like watching a painting move in front of you. Um, but it's it seems to be an RPG, uh, and I I think this is probably made with like RPG Maker or something like that. I believe that I believe that stands for role playing game. Oh, do you? <laughs> <laughs> not sure no i'm saying what i'm saying like oh it seems like it's an rpg <laughs> i don't know how much role playing you'll really do though you know what i'm saying um but no it it definitely looks very interesting uh i might have to pick it up uh especially since i already know it's funded um and it looks like okay this is one of the yeah you can do it where you pay 15 bucks to get the game um i would definitely want it if it does get to that nintendo switch goal so i'll keep watching it just to see um just because once again this is one of those games where for some reason they're like oh well it comes later to the nintendo switch and then you have to wait like a month or so and it's like no i want my game now like or sometimes longer or sometimes longer yeah you might have to wait like who knows how long sometimes they don't even know they're just like it'll come out eventually it's not cool yeah Yeah, that's very true i'm i'm uh... It's, just speaking of trailers, Pocket Penguin's trailer was really funny. I I thought it was like really funny at times, just because I don't know why I think penguins are hilarious just in general. But Pocket Penguin is kind of super depressing, um, <laughs> yeah. Because when you look at it, yeah, they want that six k yeah. goal. They have ten days to go, and they only have two hundred dollars. Yeah, they do have fifteen backers though. Their their goal isn't even that high to be on it. It's a six thousand four hundred forty, and they have a demo that you can download on PC. Which did you guys get to try it? I actually didn't get to try it. You were saying it was it was good, right? Yeah, I really liked it. Ah, oh, damn, that's a shame. Yeah, it looked. It just it just sucks because I like playing that on PC like with the keyboard is a bit hard. I was like, I need this on Switch. <laughs> Yeah, I mean... And that's one of the stretch goals. Yeah, that was a stretch goal. But, I, I mean, they're stretching to just make their goal. <laughs> uh, and it's it's a shame, too, because it's only, like, it's only like 10 bucks to to back a copy, which is usually, like, the, the main thing is 15 bucks or more for a lot of games, but this is just a $10 one. So it's really not that much for it. Um, and it's, like, it's influenced by Kirby and Bomberman, and I love both those series, and I'm like... Yeah, I, <laughs> I want this. Yeah, I um, yeah, I I am a little like, I don't know. I'm torn about how I feel about these like these Game Boy style games coming out because like on the one hand, it's cool from like a nostalgic point of view, but I really don't know how well those games carry over now when compared to like other platformers that are coming out. Um, just because others are much more smoother or have like I would think, I would think that you know they they want if they didn't they wouldn't be made i mean if 
if so those Game Boy games weren't smooth, then it would be they there would be less games coming out that are inspired by them. Do you know what I'm? You, no, you know I what I'm I get what you're saying, but I'm just uh, what I'm trying to say is that older games can often not hold up as well as we think they do, and trying to push back to a genre of that time might not always work out as best as we think it does. Yeah, um, I think the concept is really unique for Pocket Penguin too, though. No, I, I, yeah, I I'm not, I'm not trying it. to knock Pocket Penguin specifically. I'm just saying that genre and trying to push to that market. I don't really know if there's a market, so to speak, for this. Um, I think there definitely is, just for retro platformers in general. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I guess this just didn't, you know click with enough people uh maybe it's okay we still have 10 days i mean there's I still... a news article about it on another site oh so. see <laughs> people people are picking it up maybe who knows but maybe those are the 200 dollars that it has yeah <laughs> well yeah it was worse this morning oh see, there you go I, I will say it is a little scary because the amount of money like their currency i don't know what it's an mx which i yeah i don't know what that's what it is but is that pesos? Maybe, but it's very scary because the first bid you see is MX a hundred, and you're like, "Oh Jesus!" But you look down and it's like, "Oh, it's about five dollars American." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, yeah, no, I see. It, it automatically converts it at the top." Yeah, no, no, no. But like, the it's it it's giant <coughs> MX one hundred to start with. So the first thing you see is like, "What? You're asking for a hundred dollars?" Like instantly, I was turned off because I was like, "I was like, oh, there's no way I'm gonna do this." And then I was like, "Oh, wait, 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 that's like not." It's just one of those weird conversion things. Yeah, like I wish they would like have how... just converted it. Like I, I kind of hate how Kickstarter does that and gives you like, "Here's what it is, but here's how much you actually pay based on your, like yeah. your actual." Uh, ip yeah i i mean you gotta wonder like if people i mean not a lot of people do like the whole closer inspections because it's in very fine print that it says like about five dollars about ten dollars you gotta wonder how many people at first blush came here and they were like oh shit and it looks like if you didn't see the mx it looks like a hundred dollars <laughs> yeah it's like oh shit I have to pay a hundred dollars or more just to like get a, a, like a special thanks. That's kind of crazy. Um, well, but, I, well, no, but the a counterpoint to that is the RE Legend Kickstarter was in the what's it called? I don't know what. Pounds? I, no, it was like Malaysian money. I don't know what it's called, but oh. um, right. but that thing got funded real fast. <laughs> well that's true it's it's very possible i'm just i i'm just kind of wondering if at first blush people were just like nah i, I just think it, not a lot of people know about this game probably not yeah that's true that that's very true uh i think a lot of games like just go under the radar on kickstarter unless there's like a large group of people following the developer like toby fox or um, like i was like quite how, literally like once i saw this game i was like Wait, why aren't why have I not heard about this? Seems right up my alley. Yeah, especially with the release of like Save Me Mr. Taco. Yeah. You, you'd think yeah. a lot more people would be talking about this because of its Game Boy aesthetic. Yeah, I don't know. That is kinda weird. Maybe the world's out to get it. They just don't yeah. want this penguin to get through. I don't know. I guess people like uh Octopi more than penguins. That's so true. 
Which... That's very true. Cephalopods but... over penguins any day. Really? <laughs> I would. I mean, I would go. For no, penguins. I'm just kidding. Well, yeah. I like penguins very much more. Maybe it's because nobody eats penguins, and people, plenty of people, eat octopus. And they just really want to like kill them in a video game. They're just like super yeah. sadistic about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I think it's about time we move on uh, to our last segment of the day. This is our Indie Games release schedule. This is where we, the hosts of Indie Incursions, uh, we bring you all, uh, definitely not all, because there's just way too many indie games that come out in a week, but we bring you a bunch of indie games that are coming out in the week that we are recording. This is for December 9th through the 15th, and there are quite a few. And I'm going to try to get through this without saying Fry's Day. Um, so, <laughs> we need like a fries day count yeah yeah i have to like give you guys a dollar every time i say fries day maybe it'll like change i mean i don't know it would make maybe. more sense with like fries you could buy me some like balanced <laughs> fries that's true you can get them off of the dollar menu and such uh so the way i do this is we separate it into categories you've got multiple uh playstation vita ps4 xbox one switch windows and mobile um mobile i often don't fill out unless errol brings like kaiju Fido fantasy and he's like i want to talk about how this comes to mobile that was that one thing yeah that was it was one time <laughs> in the several episodes we've recorded that that's happened but uh, uh so for multiple we've got desert child comes to ps4 windows pc and switch tuesday december 11th idol champions of the oh, forgotten wait. realms huh oh never mind never mind <laughs> okay comes to xbox the next day yes yeah <laughs> on occasion it's like separated um on the website that i use but sometimes it's nice because it'll separate them, but it's because it comes out on a different day. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms comes to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One Tuesday, December 11th. Kingdom Two Crowns comes to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Windows PC, and Switch Tuesday, December 11th. Doom and Destiny comes to Xbox One and Windows PC Wednesday, December 12th. Gris comes to Windows PC and Switch Thursday, December 13th. Knights of Pen and Paper 2 Deluxiest Edition, maybe, uh, comes to Xbox One and Switch Thursday, December 13th. Below comes to Xbox One and Windows PC Friday, December 14th. Lazy Galaxy Rebel Story comes to Xbox One and the Nintendo Switch on Friday, December 14th. Uh, now time to move on to the Vita titles. There's only one, and it is Dragonfly Chronicles comes to Vita Tuesday, December 11th. Now on to the PlayStation 4 releases. We've got Red Matter comes to PSVR uh, Tuesday, December 11th. Smash Hit Plunder comes to PSVR uh Tuesday, December 11th. The Video Kid 80s Edition comes to PlayStation 4 Tuesday, December 11th. Warbot comes to PSVR uh, Tuesday, December 11th. Richie's Plank Experience comes to PlayStation 4 Wednesday, December 12th. Escape Game Aloha comes to PlayStation 4 Friday, December 14th. We actually... Uh, I bet this you game, hate that game. You hate it? No, I bet you hate that game. <laughs> Why? 
Tropical. Can't say those tropicals. Oh, I get you now. I got it. No, it's just the inclusions of tropical stuff just randomly in games really bothers me. Plus, yeah, if I'm admitting it, I really hate the tropical aesthetic and sand just in general really eats ass uh for xbox one we've got desert child comes to xbox one wednesday december 12th rally racers comes to xbox one thursday december 13th plague road comes to xbox one friday december 14th i was like this close to saying friday friday uh now for the switch release dates we've got quarantine circular comes to switch saturday december 8th or it already came to Switch. Uh, Guacamelee 2 comes to the Nintendo Switch Monday, December 10th. Everspace Stellar Edition comes to Switch Tuesday, December 11th. Salt and Sanctuary Drowned Tome Edition comes to Switch Tuesday, December 11th. All My Tree come. All My Tree The Last all Dreamer. Might. Yeah, that's what I thought. It was like almost <laughs> All Might. It's very close. This is the My Hero Academia podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a have a good night. <laughs> uh, All My Tree, The Last Dreamer comes to Switch Thursday, December thirteenth. Big Bash Boom, which is a really creative title, uh, comes to the Nintendo Switch Thursday, December thirteenth. Blue Rider comes to Switch Thursday, December thirteenth. Hunter's Legacy Perfect Edition comes to Switch Thursday, December thirteenth. Omen Sight Definitive Edition comes to Switch Thursday, December 13th. I've played that one. I haven't. It's all right. <laughs> Thanks for the update. That's a cool art, that's a cool art style. It's all that's right. A cool, that's a cool art style. But, and the gameplay's all right. <laughs> well. OxyJet comes to Switch Thursday, December 13th. Starman comes to Switch Thursday, December 13th. And Race Arcade comes to Switch Friday, December 14th. Uh, now we're going to move on to our last few titles. These are on Windows. Uh, we've got Sumo comes to Windows PC Saturday, December 18th. Dusk comes to Windows PC Monday, December 10th. Tiny Bird Garden Deluxe comes to PC Tuesday, December 11th. Atlas comes in early access uh, to Windows PC Thursday, December 13th. And Lucius Third, or just Lucius III, uh, comes to Windows PC Thursday, December 13th. Uh, now, we like to pick out a, like a game or just a game or two to talk about uh, to kind of like, I don't know, give it a brief shout out. Um, did you guys pick out any games? Uh let me just i mean i already talked about desert <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a good point yeah you did let me just start with uh i think we we deserve a round of applause for getting through that without a prize day good I job know, on. i know you did I'm it just... you did it we're all very proud i'm the champion the, of fries day the champion what do we do? the champion although i will say there's not a lot of friday drops this time so we'll uh we'll see what happens next week um but the one that I'm, I'm not saying I deliberately excluded them, I mean, but I might have. I'm just saying, <laughs> and we'll see next week. Uh, my game that I would choose is uh, Knights of Pen and Paper Two Deluxeist Edition. Uh, now that it's coming out to the Switch and Xbox One, so this is a game that's been out for quite some time. It's been out since like 2015 on the PC, um, but it's a really interesting pickup. I never actually played the second one. I played the first, um, and it's just it's very like playing a D&D game but uh you know as a video game uh it's it's very interesting that you're like these little people in front of the dungeon master talking to you and behind him 
are all the enemies and you get to play uh as like kind of a basic rpg but it's it's a very fun game and i definitely want to try it now that i actually have the chance of it coming out to the switch since i kind of missed it when it came out to pc so i think i'll pick it up (laughs) so what i'm hearing you say is it's like pixel art skyrim is that correct (laughs) those those are not my words but you could describe it that way sure (laughs) i hate people who do that (laughs) just being honest i hate a lot of things this is kind of like the von's aggression podcast if we're being real i mean yeah so if I was to pick out a title, it'd be Warbot on the PSVR. I do not have a PSVR, but watching the trailer of it, it looks so cool. It kind of like it just looks like like battle bots. It's just robots like beating the shit out of each other. Um, so wait, similar to do you what? Are you one of the robots? Do you get beat up? <laughs> I think you like control them on the side. Like you, you control, it's kind of like, it kind of looks like Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Oh, okay. But like (laughs) you are like on the side with like, I don't know. I don't play much VR, but from the trailer, it looks really interesting. I'm not getting VR until they have a freaking Yu-Gi-Oh VR, okay? (laughs) Until they have Yu-Gi-Oh VR? I thought you were going to say you weren't going to have VR until they do the nerve gear. And you're just like, I'm ready to get stuck in a death game. Let's do this. Oh, yeah, no. Let's play no, Dot Hack. I don't want to do that. <laughs> dot Hack, baby, all the way. <laughs> Thanks for being that guy. I talked about Sword Art Online, and you bring up the superior anime Dot Hack. I mean, yeah. Dot Hack is better. <laughs> dot Hack is better. <laughs> I almost bought Dot Hack last recode, like last week, for $25. I saw it, and I was like, oh my god, that's such a good deal. And then uh, it turns out that that was the same time that limited run, like the the uh, mom and pop shop that I shop at. Um, it, they also had like their limited run stuff come in that day, so I ended up spending like two hundred dollars on physical games that I already have. I I, I got it last year. I still haven't <laughs> played it yet, but <laughs> but I wanted to I wanted to make sure to pick it up because I was like, yeah, I got to support this since I don't like sword art. You guys suck. Wow. <laughs> well, it's weird because the dot hack games, like when I was younger, I felt like I always saw them at GameStop because I didn't realize they were releasing like one after the other. Yeah. And apparently, and then they became like super rare, and then you never saw them again. Huh. Yeah. Um. At the the store that I shop at, they have like they've had like several of the dot hack games but one of them is like a hundred dollars it's it's yeah, a pricey game they didn't print a lot of those yeah people really like the dot hack games and they're really hard to find so eventually i will get the courage to spend a hundred dollars on a ps2 game maybe <laughs> i don't know <laughs> it, and i complain about kind of and i complain about a gamecube game being seventy dollars <laughs> I don't complain I don't about the price play, of any games. I don't even have a way to play Skies of Arcadia right now. I'm just hoping Sega does a remake or a remaster or something. Good luck. <laughs> That's what everybody says. <laughs> <laughs> so for the last anyway. little bit of the podcast to end this off on like kind of a, oh, no. a nice, a positive note, a really... Okay, this week, if I'm being honest, I, to- I kind of forgot about it, so oh, I didn't good. come up with like a weird question. <laughs> So this is kind of just a plain question. Um, I wanted to ask you guys what your favorite TV shows are at the moment, uh, whether they're old TV shows or new TV shows. 
Um, and I don't know, maybe like give us a way to watch them, if anything, because I've always hated it when people like, they're like, oh yeah, I like Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, and it turns out like at one point in time, you could watch it on Netflix, but that's far since past. Yeah, that was way um, back in the day. <laughs> yeah, that was like four years ago they took it off um but i don't know maybe you guys might want to include that but yeah uh for <laughs> mine um my uh, these aren't my favorite tv shows of all time they're just the the tv shows i enjoy the recently most. watched yeah kind of uh obviously the avatar the last airbender series um i own it all on dvd i, I love need to it. get that i have Korra, but i don't have the other one yeah, me too. I really like The Legend of Korra and a lot that it did. Um, but to be honest, yeah, you can't really beat the original for me. I'm, I I just love it so much. Um, and I also, I I'd like to give a shout out to two different shows that you could watch on Hulu. Um, it's You're the Worst. It's an FX original. It's a really good show. Um, it's basically like it's a romance about two people that are just kind of shitty people, but they're like. <laughs> shitty together which is obviously the romantic thing like i talked about last week um and casual is a hulu original and it's basically a romance about shitty people as well um but both of those are just good shows if you guys like decent romances they are very good i would absolutely recommend watching them good to know uh, I do, Your turn. I do not care much for <laughs> romances. Uh, nope. Honestly, you suck, Josh. I know, kind of. <laughs> uh, honestly, uh, I'm pretty much like I watch a lot of comedy, like sitcoms and cooking shows. I feel like all you consume is comedy. This I, is the same thing you said when I, I asked you your favorite I just, movies. I love comedy. <laughs> That's what I'm all about. Um, um, so how do you feel about King of the Hill finally being somewhere to stream? dude it's on hulu so yeah i actually like that it that it's on there um because i haven't watched all of them i've just watched you know like random episodes that came on so i do want to go through it i have a buddy that i always play video games with and he um he always plays where he doesn't have like a headset and he's just like the volume always comes for whatever he's watching in the background so ever since it came on i found out because all of a sudden king of the hill is just always on now and so you're just always hearing that theme song it's like i love it you know what's funny is when i was little i'd watch the simpsons a lot and i'd like you know king of the hill would come on before the simpsons and i'd be like oh king of the hill is so boring but then you know as you get older you're like oh this is actually great yeah but it's it's really good i like um so right now, I would say one of the, the good ones uh, to watch would be either like Superstore or The Good Place. Um, I really like The Good Place, um, which is really, I don't, I don't want to say anything about it because it's kind of spoiler if you do talk about it. But it's basically someone who dies and they get sent to heaven. And then they, like when they start talking about them, uh, they realize that they're actually not supposed to be there and they're trying to trick the people to make them think that she's still the right person and that she's she is a good person so it's it's really cool and there's so many twists each season it gets like deeper and deeper uh some people have said like in the newer ones that they're a little bit like i uh, can't stay with it anymore but i i really like it it keeps getting weirder and it's uh it's something that i enjoy um and uh both of those you can find on hulu on netflix as well 
actually. The Good Place has season one and two. Yeah. Um, on on yeah Netflix. On, That's what I said. Yeah, no, it's got it on Netflix, but the the actual season they're on right now is like I think four. So like Netflix has a couple oh, of them, shit. but then Hulu has like the newer ones. Yeah, I've only seen the first two seasons. Now I might have to check out the later seasons. Hmm. Also, what kind of crazy person has watched all of King of the Hill? Who the hell's devoting all their time to watching King of the Hill? Uh, my buddy. Like oh, binge I'm, watching it. My buddy That's will. crazy. <laughs> he watches it all it's, the time. What is it, like eight seasons? Hell? It's like 13. No, it's like eight. There. Okay, there's so many freaking seasons of King of the Hill. I have to look this up. <laughs> What about you, Aaron? I know it's less... Oh, for shows I've been watching? Yeah. Well, I wish I had Hulu right now for King of the Hill and some other stuff. But So I've just been going to Netflix. And uh, I've been watching uh, a couple anime... Well, actually one in particular, Gridman. It's just a... a it's a tokusatsu show, you know, giant... Giant... Um, superhero fighting kaiju it's based off of uh the gridman franchise which is by the same company who work on the ultraman franchise so there's a lot of references to that and um but the nice thing is like they make it actually have like a more interesting plot than just like oh this guy he has to fight all the kaiju it's like a little deeper than that because like oh this villain has manipulated this person and she's like this and and it's like there's a lot of twists and turns about like their reality hmm. so it's it's pretty cool it's and different for like a that kind of show you know um and then i've been watching a little bit of that new she-ra cartoon because uh my little cousin the other day was telling me to watch it and then my <laughs> my uh her her dad was like yeah it's actually pretty good so i was like yeah i was gonna try it anyway it's it's, it's entertaining at least you weren't one of those people who lost their shit over it? They're like, oh, they're destroying no. She-Ra, this is terrible. I, I don't give a crap about it. Well, they're not even destroying it. That's <laughs> the funny part. That's the funny part, is that it's like, if you watch He-Man and She-Ra, like the old ones, they're all about like equality and, and stuff and have like progressive value. <laughs> so like, it's like, did you, wa are you sure you watched the original show? That's very true. So I'm going to give you another guess at how many seasons of King of the Hill there are. How many do you think there are? You nine. initially said eight. You're saying nine now? How many do you think there are, Josh, unless you looked it up? I say 12. I did not look it up. There's 13. I was correct. Oh, damn. <laughs> There's what was the, 13 where was I fucking the, seasons. Where was I getting the number nine from? Mighty number nine? I don't know. Something. God, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you talking about Gridman last week. I've only seen a little bit of the first episode, but I'm definitely going to have to hop back into it. Uh, if you guys have the Funimation app, you can watch week to week on Gridman. Animus, uh, I mean, and it's on Crunchyroll and Verve, just subtitled now. Yeah, I was going to say, I... I I was assuming it was going to be on Crunchyroll, and Hulu just announced that uh, they're partnering with Funimation, like After Crunchyroll they left used Crunchyroll. to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's probably there's going to be a bunch more anime on Hulu. So that's Hulu had exciting. a decent catalog of anime too. I thought, but they don't have like, much dubbed anime. They have a lot of subbed. Yeah, what was weird is that when I went to Verve, it didn't have that much of Funimation's catalog. Like it didn't have the new Tokyo Ghoul, and that's why I wanted. That's what I wanted to watch. 
And I was like, wait, why do they only have like half of the catalog and the other half is missing? It's okay. The new season makes little to no sense at times. No, so I know. I said they, people told me the manga's better, which that's how it turned out for the first to- Tokyo Ghoul as well. So makes sense i'll have to Don't check worry. out the manga uh but that's about it for this episode of the indian incursion podcast we've only run like two hours so yeah, no big deal this a long, long ass to get this podcast <laughs> yeah right <laughs> normally it's about an hour and a half like an hour an hour and a half this one just sh- we shot for the stars there's a lot of indie games news uh of course this posts every friday or each and every friday um on a whole bunch of different sources of uh, you've got youtube you got podbean you got spotify uh, google play and eventually itunes when SoundCloud? i just get off my ass uh no sadly not on soundcloud soundcloud is annoying because it's also another podcast host um so i i don't know how a lot of people get around it but um traditionally soundcloud you have to pay to upload your content uh, unless you only want to upload like a small portion so it's really annoying oh, right right yeah that's i i do it through podbean instead because i found it much easier to get yeah to my RSS i think a lot feed. of people do that instead yeah yeah um i know Kyle moriarty runs his stuff or he did through soundcloud now he runs it through some other source but uh yeah that's yeah, that's about it what yeah, I was just saying, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's about it for this uh, episode 10 of the Indian Christian Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I hope you guys have a great day. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So... At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable. It's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.